this is Coach's Chat, and I'm Betsy Foster. You're in for some thoughtful conversations with fitness industry professionals, musings on current topics in the wellness field, and actionable advice for building a thriving career as a fitness professional. At Foster Strength, my mission is to lead and educate colleagues in the fitness industry to deliver client-centered coaching that gets clients real results built on sound scientific principles, encourages them to build a long and fulfilling relationship with exercise, and disrupts toxic fitness culture to foster an inclusive industry. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Coaches Chat. If you're listening to this when it drops, it's Friday. And this is the first of 2023's second episodes. So I'm doing episodes now on that will be released every Tuesday and Friday. So double the content for this year. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about this topic today. I think it's important around the new year because in our new year, new me kind of vibe as trainers, we can we can try to change too much. So we're going to talk about if you're feeling like your programming is stale, what you can do. Now, this is a common what I think is I think it's really common for trainers to experience a feeling that their programming is getting stale. And I think great, great for you to be thinking about whether or not you're giving your best work, you're doing your best work, you're putting your most creative foot forward, you're providing the best service you can for your clients. It's probably true that in any career, any job, any position, you can get lulled into the status quo, into a sense of, I know what I'm doing, I'm feeling comfortable, and I don't really have to push myself. And this happens for trainers. You know, in the first year to two years of training, people are like energetic. They are almost even nervous about getting it right, knowing what they're supposed to do. So there is a lot of effort being put into the programs they're creating. And because everything is new to them, nothing feels stale. Then when you're getting around to this, you know, second, third, fourth year personal training, and you're seeing a lot of the same clients, if you're lucky enough to be a trainer where people want to stay with you, um, you are maybe feeling like you're getting bored and you're getting lulled into this. This is what I usually do. And and this is what I put out. And the, I know these things have worked in the past, so I rely on those. And in that, in that sort of complacency, we begin to provide a little lackluster service. We start to kind of coast. We start to zone out. We start to remove ourselves from the, the kind of energy attention and focus needed to provide a really great service for a one-on-one or one-on-two or one-on-three, um, you know, high touch, let's just say it, 
um, high priced service. So it's great if you are ever feeling like your programming is stale to, to check in on that. And it, you know, it's, it's good self-awareness. It's also like, this is a good place to start if to look at if your programming is stale. And then if you find that that's not the case, you may want to check in on other aspects of what has made you feel a little bit stagnant, what has made you feel complacent in your role. So I've got three tips to help you start off your year by checking in to see if your programming is stale. So if you feel that way, number one, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to run through the workouts yourself. So there is this concept of like, every personal trainer needs to have run through every program they ever give their client. I think if you write really large programs uh, that are sold to lots of people, so you mass market programs, I think that you should have gone through the whole thing. If you have 20, 20 plus clients, there is kind of no way you're going to be able to do each of the workouts, every single workout that every client is going to get. But you can check in on a few. You can look at that program, you can pull a workout out, and you can go through it you are gonna get a lot of real feedback from actually doing the workout. You're gonna be able to see, oh, do all these feel the same? Do I feel like I've fallen into a pattern? You may find that you have like uh, a tendency to rely on one kind of implement, one kind of training modality more than others. You may find that you are always putting these three exercises in this order. You're always relying on this rep range if this is the goal. You're always falling back to these same three mobility exercises. You're always rushing through um, a few of these building phases that you could take longer with. All of this can become more apparent if you're actually doing it. Now, you're watching these sessions happen, so of course you're going to observe that uh, as you as you look at someone going through the session, but it's different to actually feel it. It's different to be the on the client end. So you can actually run through the workout and see how it feels. See what feels stale, if anything. Biggest ones on that are like, oh, are all of these workouts a lot the same from client to client? Or... If you do a whole week of somebody's workouts and you go, okay, we've been running this program for 12 weeks, 16 weeks. When I go to their next program, the things that I want to make sure I include, because I can tell by doing these workouts that we're missing these three movements a lot, or we're always um, ending with this kind of thing, whatever it may be you're getting that real-time feedback by actually running through the session yourself. So you're able to take that and let it inform the program writing you do in the future. That's tip number one. Tip number two is, now you're going to be constantly always kind of consuming new information about training. Maybe you're reading articles pretty regularly. Maybe you're listening to podcasts. Maybe you're watching YouTube videos. Once a month, you're going to focus on just one little element. And this isn't one of those big periodized um, elements of your education that we were talking about before. 
last year we talked about that and it talked about how we're going to break up the year. You're just thinking about one thing. So maybe you're looking at an article that's talking about like the front rack kettlebell position for anterior core engagement. Let's say you read an article about it, you read maybe two articles, or you watch a YouTube video or two where a great trainer or coach explains why you might want to use it for these three exercises. Then you'll go back into your programming and see if there's any room in any program or any upcoming program where you can apply that. So it's not committing to learning a whole new system. It is not going in and changing everything just because you learned something new. And that's a big red flag to me about trainers, particularly new trainers, but I'll explain that in just a second. It's just taking one little thing, seeing where it might be appropriate and throwing it in, realizing that you haven't done this kind of thing before. So this will sort of freshen up the program. Maybe it will bring your attention to how you can focus on this element more if it's appropriate for the given client. And it does keep the programming from getting stale. Now, like I just said, this isn't about implementing an entirely new system every time you learn a new skill. One of my greatest pet peeves is you see a bunch of trainers go to a fitness convention. They learn about seven new exercises and different techniques. And then on Monday, when you get back from this thing that ended on Sunday... All of their clients are doing all six of those exercises. The flip side of that is when people go, they listen, and they are unwilling to take on new knowledge. They're unwilling to incorporate new things into their training. So we don't want to be on either of those ends. We want to think critically about how we're going to take these skills and these new things that we learn and apply them when appropriate. So they are not going to always be appropriate, but there may be places where they are. Now, we don't want to take, learn new things and never apply them because truly that is when we get stale. So focusing on one little thing, maybe you realize after going through your client's workouts, you go, okay, looks like I have really steered away from kettlebells lately. Let me go find something to kind of refresh me about how to kind of incorporate kettlebells with a few of these exercises, or maybe I'm looking to find out if there's anything sort of new as far as um, esteemed coaches, how they're using kettlebells in some of their clients' programs. Let me see about that. And then if it's appropriate for this client, I might incorporate it in their next programming cycle. That is going to keep you honest about what you're about staying relevant, about staying current. It's also going to keep you honest about whether your programming is getting stale or not. Okay. And the third tip is to literally ask your clients. The person who this matters the most to is your client. Whether or not you are feeling it stale, if your client feels like they are progressing well, they are getting a lot out of their training sessions, you haven't seen some drastic plateau in their progress, they're enjoying the experience, there's likely nothing that you need to do. For many clients, and, and I've experienced this more with my online coaching where I write a program for someone, 
they actually want more time with the consistency. They want more time with the same exercise, the same flow of exercises, the same exercise implements so that they can feel more comfortable and that they can train it hard because they already know what they're doing. They don't want a lot of change in there. And a lot of times our fears around whether or not our programs are stale come from our own boredom. So while it is important for us to be getting the things that we need to stay engaged in our jobs, if it is just because we're getting bored with this program, it's probably not appropriate to change it if it's going well for your client and your client is enjoying the experience and your client is asking for this continued program. And in your um, in your knowledgeable position, you can't find any reason other than that you're bored to change it up. So in those situations, we find other ways to engage. If you're feeling bored, like I've seen seven people do step-ups today, You've got to tune into what am I looking for here? What am I focusing on with this person? How can I continue to be engaged even if I'm watching the same movement over and over and over again? Can I think about their individual goals? Can I think about how they're progressing? Can I be more observant about certain aspects of the movement for them? Part of this, your programming is not for your own entertainment. It's for your client's success. It's for their experience. So this is just one where we got to check ourselves. And the best way to check ourselves on it is to get real-time feedback from the client. If you have a great rapport with your clients, they're not going to like try to hide from you that they're getting bored with stuff, that they feel like it's getting stale, that they feel like they're not making progress. They will be upfront with you. So that's the third tip. So let's go back to those three. Let's just remind ourselves of those. And then you can put them into practice right away. You can take a program out tomorrow and run one of those workouts. So number one was run through the workouts yourself. The workouts that you're programming for your clients, actually do them. Get real-time experiential feedback. Number two, you're going to... Not do this every single day, but maybe once a month, once every three months, you're going to focus on an educational aspect. This isn't a whole system. It's merely just an article or two that are going to remind you, going to keep you fresh, going to keep you up to date with current happenings in strength and conditioning training. And then you're going to see where those techniques and or strategies can be um, incorporated into your client's programming. Not going to be appropriate for everybody. Might be appropriate for some people on the next cycle. We're not going to throw out all that we're doing and adopt a whole new system, but we are going to see when it's appropriate to, to keep ourselves, to keep ourselves kind of on the line on, I can't think of what, what the phrase I'm thinking of to keep ourselves accountable to staying current and to delivering sort of the best service we can to our clients. Again, not going to always be applicable to everybody, 
but we're going to try to stay on top of it. And number three, you're going to just ask your clients, ask them if they think the workouts are getting stale, ask them if they're bored with what they're doing, ask them if they feel like they've plateaued. You also know if they've plateaued, you have the data to show. And then if so, you can work on amending your programs, but if not, You'll need to check your own boredom or your own complacency and figure out ways with which you can better engage and better come to each session and each client with a fresh perspective so you can deliver the best coaching. Okay, I think this will really help you solve this problem if it's one that you're concerned about. It tends to be something that a lot of trainers a few years in begin to be concerned about. So if it helps, let me know. If you have questions about it, let me know. You can always reach me by email, betsy at bfosterstrong.com. That's letter B, fosterstrong.com. You can also DM me on Instagram at foster underscore strength. Again, I am so appreciative of you taking the time to listen. If you like what you're hearing, if you're getting something out of it, please rate and review the podcast. It does a lot to help other people hear it. All right, go do amazing things. And until next time, bye.